Hi guys, welcome back to Freeman Sports Pod. Today marks episode two. Uh, I'm going to try to continue to upload every few days, uh, but it's not going to be too consistent until the summertime, to be honest with you, because of tests and finals and stuff like that coming up. Uh, but I don't want to have a long intro like the last video, so let's just get right into this. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is my thoughts on the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs and my predictions for each of the different series. Uh, so the first series I'm going to talk about is the one that honestly matters most to me, which is the Rockets versus Warrior series. And with the Rockets down 2 nothing right now in the series, I straight up think the only way they win that series would be in seven, and they would have to take both in Houston. I, I don't think they would lose game six. So I think if it, got, if it gets there to Houston, so I think it's either going to end in five if they split in Houston because I think they'd lose in Golden State for, in game five for sure, or they push it to a game seven and then we'll just see have to see what happens there. I mean, maybe the Rockets would be able to get some momentum from forcing it to seven after starting down 2-0 and take that game, or maybe the Warriors are just able to settle things back down and finish them by then, or maybe they even finish them sooner. But yeah, I think my honest prediction is going to be Golden State in seven, my ideal one would obviously be the Rockets in seven, but we'll just have to see what happens. And Harden apparently is fine. I mean, his eyes still look bad, but he is medically cleared, so he should be completely good to go. I'm pretty sure Stephen Curry is also going to be good to go. I mean, his finger was dislocated. For those of you who saw, it was kind of graphic, but he should be good to go for that series, which is obviously going to hurt the Rockets, but we'll just have to see what happens. And I saw something that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, I was showing some stats. I forgot what show it was on ESPN. I think it was the jump the thing with Rachel Nichols or whatever. And it was showing that apparently the Rockets are really, really bad with Clint Capella on the floor offensively. I think the Warriors' efficiency was like 96 for their defense efficiency with Capella out there uh, per 100 possessions and then 120-something when he was off the floor because they have their Hampton 5 lineup in. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what I mean by that lineup, it's when they were meeting with Kevin Durant, they met, I think, at the Hamptons or someplace like that. I think that's how they got the name. And that lineup is Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Godala, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. It's their death lineup. And so Tracy McGrady suggested that they start Austin Rivers. I don't agree with it, and for two reasons. One, I just think they need Capella for the boards. I do understand the stats. And two, I just, I mean, I respect Austin Rivers. I just don't think he'd be the right guy. And they, we gave up a, uh, sorry, not we, I'm not going to be that guy. The Rockets gave up a ton of offensive boards and extra shots for the Warriors. So I think that would hurt. So I don't think it should be necessarily that Capella should get benched. I think they should maybe pull him though earlier in the quarter than they have been in case things don't work. So I would stick to it just because you are going back home and see what happens. But I don't want to talk too much more about that series. So moving on, the next series I'm going to talk about is the one that's going on right now in terms of the actual game occurring, which is the Raptors versus the 76ers. And I think the Raptors are going to go on to take that series in six. Um, I think that they could come back tonight, but we'll have to see. If they go down 2-1, then I might have to say Raptors in seven. But I think they definitely will come away with that series. Um, as for the Bucks versus Celtics series, I thought right away when Paul Pierce said that the series was already over, that he should have shut his mouth because the Bucks would not be happy about that, and I knew that they wouldn't just go down easy. And I said before that them playing the Pistons, who with Blake Griffin are barely a playoff team without him, are a sorry excuse of an NBA team, let alone a playoff team. So I knew that they were going to need that game to be a wake-up call. And I thought that they honestly had a, ch a good chance at losing game one. I didn't think they'd get killed, but they definitely responded well in game two. And I still think the Bucks are going to take that series in six or seven games. It wouldn't surprise me if the Celtics manage to, just because they have more experience and I think that they have more depth. 
just in terms of skill players. I think the Bucks have more like playable players in terms of depth, if you view it that way. But in terms of average out skill, I think the Celtics have like a better roster on paper, I guess. Uh, moving on to a series I think has been kind of just flat out boring is the Trailblazers versus Nuggets series. Shout out to Torrey Craig for pushing through what looked like a brutal injury. I don't know. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, he got nailed in the nose by an elbow. I don't recall who hit him in the face, but he was gushing blood everywhere. And he came back with the mask on, looking like LeBron. And, um, I mean, I don't think his stats were anything like that impressive, but still respect for him coming back. But then he got hit again on accident by Ennis Cantor. And that's something I just kind of want to touch up on in terms of something I don't like about with the NBA. And that's what I feel like there's certain fights that start that are just kind of unnecessary because if you watch the replay Nikola Jokic pushed Ennis Cantor after the free throw and Ennis Cantor's momentum caused him to knock into Torrey Craig and obviously I feel bad for him and I think they should have just gone over to make sure he was okay and I think Cantor should have apologized instead of just walking by but I don't think a fight was necessary to break out because Jokic initiated the contact um, but back to actual predictions for that series I think the Nuggets are going to win that series in seven and it's just simply because I don't think they can win that much on the road. So it wouldn't surprise me that the Blazers end up taking it in 6 or 7 because they stole that game, which was crucial because the Nuggets are just a completely different team at home versus on the road in terms of record and statistics and just their confidence, especially with how young of a team they are. Uh, moving on to the NHL. Uh, for the Boston versus Columbus series, I believe that Boston's going to come back and win that series in in seven games because I don't think Columbus will lose the rest of the games in a row. But if Columbus takes this game and comes back from down two one, I think they could potentially uh, win that series in six because I just don't see them blowing a three one lead if they take this game. Uh, moving on to the series that means most to me out of the NHL series, and that would be the San Jose Sharks who play tonight against Colorado at nine o'clock. And I said the Sharks would win the series in five, and even though they lost game two, I said I would stick with it, and I still do. Um, I believe that they shouldn't have too much trouble in the series. They had no trouble in the regular season, and they settled down after a rough game, too. And my favorite player on the team, Joe Thornton, has been a big reason why, because they've responded well to him as a leader. Uh, I believe he's playing in the league for like 20 years or so now, so he's definitely been there a while to know his stuff. Um, as for the Hurricanes versus Islanders series, I was surprised when the Islanders swept the Penguins, but I just believe that you, it's good to have the benefit of rest, but sometimes too much rest is not good because you got to get back to game speed. And I think with the Hurricanes stunning everyone by beating the Capitals in seven, kind of gave them that confidence and swagger to go in and take a, not one game but two, both games at the Islanders. And I think they're gonna the Islanders are gonna end up getting swept because I think they're just shell shocked from what has happened and I think they've just fallen apart. And then as for the Blues and Stars. I think the Blues are going to end up winning this series in six or seven games. The series is tied at two right now, but I just think they're the better team and should be able to pull it out. I mean, obviously, if they don't perform to their best ability, the Stars could easily take that series. Um, but I don't want to only talk about the NBA and NHL to make it too redundant. So moving on uh, to some college basketball stuff, because I didn't cover that in the last podcast. Chris Beard got a new uh, contract extension. I'm pretty sure it makes him relatively up there as one of the highest paid college basketball coaches. And I think this is very well-deserved. I think he's a very underrated coach, great recruiter, and just overall really turn that Texas Tech program around and get them on the map. And for those of you who remember, I said that they were my dark horse team to win it all uh, early on a podcast I made a while back with DG, and they got to the championship, obviously, and lost to Virginia. And the year before that, they were also very good. I believe they lost to Villanova or something the year that they won two years ago. So that was impressive. And 
What basically happened for me is after they destroyed Northwestern, I was kind of like, you know what? This Texas Tech team was expected to be fine, but I think they're going to be really good. And not just because I'm a Northwestern fan. I thought they would probably beat Northwestern, but I didn't think they would flat out destroy them the way they did and just dominate on the defensive and offensive ends like that. And a lot of that credit goes to Chris Beer because they've had great, talented players, but like Jared Culver and Tariq Owens, but he's definitely made them who they are, and I think he's going to keep getting the respect that he has. And I feel like this contract finally shows that he is earning that respect. Um, the other college basketball thing I want to talk about is Sean Miller. For those of you who don't know who Sean Miller is, he's the Arizona head coach for men's basketball there. And there was something that was leaked, I believe it was the assistant coach on a call or something, like with wiretappering, that showed that he that Sean Miller was paying DeAndre Ayton 10K a month. And I think that Arizona is going to be in a lot of trouble. I mean, specifically Sean Miller, because he was already trying to get out of a lot of stuff and Arizona was defending, but said that they would look into all evidence. But with something as big as this, with like the first real evidence showing like a ton of money paid for a player and by an actual coach per month, not just like at the time of agreeing a signing or something like that, I think that's really going to hurt Arizona. Um, so moving on from that, the next thing I want to talk about briefly for the NFL, I'm not going to really cover the NFL draft much. I might make that a separate mini podcast later or something for specifically for those who like the NFL because I feel like that'll take too long otherwise. Um, I want to talk about Tyreek Hill. So for those of you who don't know, after earlier with the Kareem Hunt thing that happened with Kansas City, they let him go and the Browns picked him up. And Kareem Hunt had, I believe, like kicked and punched or just like attacked a woman after they were fighting. And the Chiefs said they're going to look into it after all the evidence is like cleared up. But I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens to Tyreek Hill just because of what he did if it actually is completely true. It's just absolutely terrible. For those of you who don't know what Tyreek Hill did, he supposedly beat his kid. Uh, apparently, there was uh, proof of a conversation that someone obtained between him and his fiance, where she asked, "Why did he come to me crying, saying uh, and saying that daddy did it?" And if you don't know who I mean by he, I mean I think uh, I mean their son. I believe he's like three years old or so. And apparently, Tyreek Hill had repeatedly punched his son and I think broke his arm and also um, used his belt. And I also am pretty sure that then his wife said that he's terrified of you, again, referring to their kid. And I'm pretty sure that Tyreek Hill said that she should also be scared of him, which is just a horrible, horrible thing to do. I mean, it's terrible to do something like that to a woman, but let alone do it to a three-year-old child who can't defend himself and who you're supposed to be taking care of and showing kind of how to live in this world and teaching them because children learn everything from their parents. So he's just setting a terrible example, but also harming your own child is just an absolutely terrible thing to do. So if this all ends up being true, I think something batch up. And I think Tyree Kill should be released. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's put on the NFL's exempt list and not allowed to be picked up or suspended for a season or maybe even banned or something. And even though some people might think that's extreme, beating your kid is terrible. I mean, Adrian Peterson got a ton of hate and disrespect from it. But Adrian Peterson's was bad, but I don't even think it was nearly to this extent, at least from what I recall from that. Um, so for the last thing that I'm going or actually there's two more things I'm going to talk about. I'm going to end with the Kentucky Derby thing because that's like not really related to anything else. So the last thing I'm going to talk about is just thoughts on NBA officiating and officials in general. And this isn't just with the Rockets Warrior series or stuff like that. But the thing I want to talk about is just how I feel like they've handled games. I feel like they need to be more consistent with the way they're going to make calls. And if you're going to stick with one way for the whole regular season, like with the shooters box thing, then you have to do the same thing in the postseason. But not just with debatable calls, but also with technical fouls. Because I was on YouTube one day watching highlights of the Rockets-Warriors game one. And one of the recommended videos I had was just some of the NBA's worst calls from this season. And when I was watching a ton of the technical fouls given out, because that's what I specifically want to talk about, 
it's just kind of proven to me why now the relationship between the players and the officials are getting worse and worse. And it's the fact that the NBA officials have just flat out become soft. Like the fact that I remember I saw one where it was Clint Capella hanging on the rim apparently a little too long that he got attacked for that, which is absolutely weak. And then when the Rockets were playing the Lakers, Nene and... Kuzma got a ton of technicals for barely arguing or just walking away with their hands up because they're upset about a call. The problem is I respect that NBA officials have to take uh, call technical fouls when needed, but I feel like a lot of the time they're just doing it to show the power they have to shut up the players, and it's not going to send the right me- message. It's one thing if it's excessive and you keep warning them and they do it, then that'll make them realize. But if you're just going to do it to try to show that you have power and they didn't do much and they didn't really deserve it, especially when the commentators are pointing out, it's just going to make things worse. And things have already been kind of toxic, and there's been a lot of tension between the relationships of players and referees. And I think that in the offseason, something's going to have to be handled between either some sort of meetings between, like, management and Adam Silver figuring it out, or maybe something with, like, Chris Paul because he's the head of the Player Association meeting with some of the officials to discuss this. Because if things continue this way throughout the playoffs and the regular season of last year into next year, I can't imagine how bad things are going to get because I can't really recall a season where I've seen so many unnecessary technical fouls and just so much hatred between players and officials. So now the last thing that I want to talk about to wrap up this podcast is my pick for the Kentucky Derby. And I'm also going to say two underdogs that I like. So the pick that I'm going to go with for the Kentucky Derby is game winner. I didn't do too much research, but when I looked up the Kentucky Derby on the website, there's this thing that you can click where you can kind of see how they've done in their recent races, kind of like when I do at Arlington. And I don't know, I just saw how Game Winner trained and I saw how he ran in some of his races and he just seems like the best horse in the field now that the favorite is gone. Um, I didn't really pay attention to odds, but I'm pretty sure he is one of the favorites anyway. I didn't really do too much research, so that's all I really have to say about that. And then for my two underdogs, I like, I think you say it's Tacitus or something. It's T-A-C-I-T-U-S. I don't really know how to pronounce that. But I like that as an underdog, and then I also like by my standards because, again, two horses I just looked into that had good runnings and training times and just good races overall. And I believe by my standards is like 15 or 20 to 1, and Tacitus or whatever is either like 8 to 1 or 10 to 1, and then Game Winner is 5 to 1. So, yeah, for those of you who want to check out the Kentucky Derby, I believe that it is this Saturday. And for those of you who don't know, yeah, because they always say it's the first Saturday in May, I believe. And for those of you who know... Uh, when I always said to mimic the commercial that always comes on about how it's the greatest two minutes of sports. But yeah, you should definitely check it out if you're into horse racing or if you just want to watch something exciting because it's only two minutes, but it is really something. Uh, so yeah, I think that's going to do it for episode two of Freeman Sports Pod. Thank you guys for checking it out. Please let me know either via text or Instagram DM or on Snapchat your thoughts, comments, concerns, anything that you like and that I should continue or anything you'd like to see me do in the future or get rid of or change. Uh, obviously this is only the second episode, so I'm still learning. It's still a learning process and it's going to keep improving, obviously. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, everyone, uh, who checks this out, please spread the word so we can get the podcast growing. I really want to increase the views and increase my audience just so I can improve this more and more and get more and more thoughts and variety of ideas from different people so I can change it up and really allow you guys to enjoy this podcast to the fullest. Uh, So thank you guys for taking a listen and that's going to do it.